What is up, Fantasyland? We are back in the district for the Money Weeks, and we bring you a star-studded evening tonight for a very special high-stakes roundtable. Dan, we haven't done one of these in the district in a very, very long time. Before I pass it to you so you can give these gentlemen, these fine gentlemen, the proper introduction they deserve, guys, remember to smash the like button. We're here every Tuesday night. 9.30 live via the Player Profiler Network. We welcome you if this is your first one. I mean, you hit the jackpot. Because, Dan, we're going to help the people get ready for the Money Weeks right here tonight. We got an hour and a half approval from the bosses upstairs. So we can pick brains proper. Guys, leave the comments, your questions. We, we want you guys in the chat. Dan, take it away. Walk these men in proper. All right, yeah, we are we are very thrilled to be able to to get such a star-studded lineup together, and I'm just I'm going to go in the order that's on the screen because trying trying to pick an order out of these guys for anything is uh, pretty darn tough. All I know is if I'm sitting in the draft room with these guys, uh, I'm not seeing the uh, you know I'm not seeing the mark there, so I know it's probably me. But uh, we get we got some great guys here. Uh, we'll start with Chris Vaccaro um, and. Chris is a NFFC Hall of Famer, um, has won uh, national competitions there. I, I forget if it was primetime, was it? It was. Okay. Primetime, yep, took that down overall. Luckily yes. enough to get that one, Dan. And, um, and that, that, you know, that's a, that's a big accomplishment for sure. Um, and then we have uh, Billy Wazowski, who uh, just a couple of years ago took down uh, the Rotowire OC Championship, which is uh, the kind of mid-stakes version, uh, very similar to the prime time, but uh, just more people to beat. And uh, so it's a, it, it's a tough way to get there as well. Uh, Billy is also an NFFC Hall of Fame uh, member. And so welcome, Billy. Appreciate it. Good, good to be here. This is going to be fun tonight. Looking forward to this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then we have uh, Nelson Sousa, who's, uh, who's won the FFPC. Uh, that was the... Is that the main event or the uh, the football guys? Like the, the main event. Main event, yeah. Okay, and uh, so you know, huge one there. Uh, Nelson is and like all these guys has just won so many uh, you know like standalone league titles that are you know five k, ten k, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, as well as these national competitions. So it's it, it's an amazing group that we have here i don't want to spend too much time talking about them though because we all want to start talking about football and i i guarantee it these guys are as excited to talk to each other as you guys are to hear what they have to say uh you know it's just not often that we get the chance to to sit down and uh you know for for guys of this stature to pick each other's brains so uh we're, we're happy to facilitate it and uh just happy to be included in it as well yeah, I'll just add just a, a guy who's maybe a little later to the party when it comes to the the community the community behind the the high stakes streets. Dan graciously invited me to the back rooms, uh, you know, and I get to play in leagues with you you sharks now. But in that, you learn who the other sharks and the other high stakes guys really respect in the game. And these are three guys that you hear their names very often when it comes to people paying attention and and you know some of the big big names that you guys listen to out there you guys know out there definitely pay attention to these guys so hopefully you're paying attention tonight you've got your as i like to say the old man your pen and paper uh ready you got your ipa ready 
Uh, we're going to jump right into it, Dan. We're coming off fresh off of a, you know, another dramatic Bengals game. They seem to always have some kind of drama behind them. You think going into it, it's going to be, you know, another Thursday night where Jacksonville just pummels. But Jake Browning opens eyes, Dan. Mixon goes off for a big game. Chase was alive, uh, you know, woke up with, uh, with Browning, surprisingly. I'll go to Nelson first, bottom, bottom pocket corner. Can the good times keep going and rolling for the Bengals without Burrow, with now Jake Browning? Yeah, he looked good on Monday night, but I, I think it's one of those situations where it's like, what have you done for me lately? Um, you know, just a week ago, we had no interest in Browning uh, as he struggled against the Steelers, I believe, and couldn't get anything done. And then, you know, yes, last night, he looked like uh, Joe, Joe Burrow 2.0. And I'm sure everyone is going to, he's going to be probably, you know, somewhere around 90% owned by tomorrow night. Uh, Cause I, I think a lot of people are going to be going after him. It's funny. Cause I'm literally looking at a tweet from, uh, or an X, whatever you call him. Adam Levitan can confirm. There's no difference between Joe Burrow and Jake Browning. We appreciate their commitment to the bit. And he's got like back and forth, uh, flipping back and forth between the two uh, in interviews and stuff. So that's that's hilarious. Chris, how do you feel about the Bengals uh, with their backup quarterback rest of season? Yeah, no doubt. A lot better as a Jamar Chase owner. I think that was obviously the biggest takeaway that you could get out of that game was Browning going straight down the field. And as a Jamar Chase owner, if that's going to be the game plan where they went right out of the gate to giving him some quick buddy passes, uh, you know, rack up those PPR points until you finally hit a big one. Uh, that's what we want to see as Jamar Chase owners. I don't know who else you could really start in this Bengal offense in the passing game uh, going forward, though. Um, you know, Mixon came out of nowhere. I think a lot of people, a lot of us were down on Mixon coming into this game. And then he drops basically 30 PPR points. So that was uh, pretty unexpected. But uh, I think, yeah, as we go forward here, the Bengals, uh, the, le- the next four weeks, their their schedule looks pretty good. No defenses that I see on their schedule that's going to uh, scare me away. And, uh, yeah, big upgrade here, whereas I think a lot of us were looking at Jamar Chase as maybe a wide receiver, too, going forward. Maybe now, after the Monday night's game, we look at him back in our wide receiver one graces. Billy, how do you feel about it? I mean, it comes down to, to there's just not a lot of options out there. So we might be having to lean on him. Um, like Chris said, I think it is. It was nice to see what he did last night for Chase. Um, I kind of disagree with Chris about the, the schedule. I think the schedule is a little tougher for him, to be honest with you. I think, the, I think they have three potential really rough weather games, potentially. Um, and he did struggle against the Steelers, and I'm a Steeler fan, but and they look terrible against Arizona. But they didn't get – they don't really let the uh, – they're pretty decent against the pass. They're not too bad against that. And then I don't like him going into Kansas City the last week in week 17. Kansas City's pretty decent at home. They played solid defense there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I don't think – I think he's safe for a while. We don't have to worry about Tyler Boyd coming in for sure to, to be, do uh, backup QB duties after last night. Well, that was just horrendous what he did. But, um, yeah, I've, I've, he's somebody – I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him, but I think for the options, you know, I, I don't know if T. Higgins has a pulse yet or not. I guess we're going to find out. But uh, Chase definitely – it looks like that is going to be part of the game plan. Yeah, you're definitely happy as as a Jamar Chase. I was it was nice to see that because you're almost like sigh of relief. Dan Jake Browning is the first undrafted player since 1967 to throw for 350 yards and complete 85 percent of his passes. How do you feel about this offense 
with this with this now legend. <laughs> that, is, that is a stat I did not know, definitely. Shout out to uh, the at Cincy problems uh, on the X machine. Yeah, without a doubt. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the main thing is it, 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 if you've got Jamar Chase, it gives you hope. If you've got Joe Mixon, it gives you hope. Uh, you know, if you've got T. Higgins um, and you're, you're, you're still holding out hope, then Godspeed. Uh, but hopefully this helps out Higgins a little bit too. But I think, you know, just basically what it does is it, it shows that, you know, this is within the range of outcomes. This is definitely within the top of the range of outcomes. We hope the Pittsburgh game was at the bottom of the range of outcomes. And probably most of the things are going to, you know, the, the rest of the way is going to fit somewhere in between there. But, you know, just it, for, for those few teams where I have Chase alive in a championship uh, run, that's, that's good news. So happy about that for sure. Yeah, I'll just add, I mean, the, the, you know, the bummer, or the, you know, whatever you call it, devil's advocate. I, I just feel like these, these backup guys, especially these guys that have been around a bit, there's usually a reason. And the Cinderella story usually doesn't last very long. There's, there's you know, they turn into a pumpkin. Eventually, you've got the odd, you know, Brock Purdy here and there, but usually you've got the Dobbs that we recently saw, and now you're starting to see a bit of slowdown. JJ comes back. Hopefully, that helps him back. But think the difference here, I think, are the weapons are there. We saw that this week. Can that carry him enough, you know? And and can this offense continue to 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 progress? I guess with him in the position, the only time will tell. But that's kind of my only concern there. Let's go to Jacksonville to another. Uh, injury with uh, Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. It's, you know, you hate this time of year, such significant guys that have helped us along the way. I'm lucky in the sense that one of my um, uh, fantasy pros teams, I think it is where I have Tua and Trevor Lawrence. That's like my only Trevor Lawrence, you know, where I have to actually make a decision in starting my lineup. So I'm more looking at the pieces around them. I'll go to you first, uh, Dan, on this one. How did the pieces around them for you, how are they affected uh, with this? How are you playing this uh, with, in a couple instances in your, your own rosters? Yeah, so I think, you know, kind of the main thing here is can Trevor Lawrence make it back and what, you know, what sort of effective, effectiveness is he going to have if he make, tries to come back real quick? So we could be looking at a couple weeks of uh, C.J. Beathard here. And, you know, Beathard didn't look that bad on the, you know, the drive and a half or two drives that he had there. Um, but, you know, this is definitely a different offense without Christian Kirk in there. Um, and if Beathard is quarterback, it's going to change you even more. But, you know, I think um, uh, Parker Washington, uh, you know, that was, that was an eye-opener for sure. But he really took over pretty much 100% for Christian Kirk in the slot. And then we saw, uh, you know, a lot of balls go into uh, Evan Ingram. Which I would expect if uh, you know if we have Strout or Strout uh, Beathard in there, uh, that's probably going to continue as well. So uh, I think it's it's probably worse for Ridley, probably better for Etn and Ingram and you know the Parker Washington thing. Maybe maybe it works out. I don't know. Yeah, he looked pretty good, and and you saw them make a point of getting Ingram that touchdown uh, this this past weekend. So you got to think that continues now. Uh, Billy, how do you feel about it? Jacksonville, are you heavily invested? Is this really hurting you kind of down the stretch? And how are you kind of reacting to it? Um, not terribly. Um, I'm not too bad from it. Uh, I think the person's going to get affected a lot by this again is Calvin Ridley because, you know, it was all when Zay Jones was out, that's what everybody said. Oh, well, Zay Jones is out. He's not producing. When Al Kirk's out, it's kind of the same thing. He just didn't seem like the click. I mean, that could be hurting them. I, I agree with Dan. I think Ingram is going to be a target going forward. 
Um, you know, I, my my personal feelings on this, I think Lawrence misses one game. I think he misses this week, and I think he's back in week 15 for the playoffs. Um, I don't have a ton of Lawrence, and I did have a lot of Kirk. And, and, and I swear, I, I four or five shares of Kirk. Every single team had Tank Dell. All, all of them. So I lost Dell and Kirk on <laughs> these teams. It just, it's, it's a killer. I mean, it was Stay killer. away from me, Billy. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a team. Those two literally could be on my bench. And, I mean, I had a team that just – it was great options every week. Now I literally have my team, but if any more any more injuries, I'm done. I mean, I, I don't have anything else. It's just it's just uh, survival of the fittest right now for everybody. But um, I think Jacksonville is going to struggle a little bit offensively. I mean, they struggled just – I mean, how many games did Lawrence have this year where he really struggled when he was out there? So I think they're going to struggle a little bit going forward. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, he was really starting to click, though. You know, yeah. it's been a real struggle for uh, Trevor Lawrence owners. He's my quarterback as, in the New York Super that we're all in. Um, and, uh, you know, last night was the last thing I needed to see with uh, nothing. You know, we look at the waiver wire right now in high stakes leagues. leagues there's absolutely nothing at the quarterback position. Uh, so it's dumpster diving pretty much as you take these teams into the playoffs. And now with uncertainty surrounding Lawrence, it makes it even harder to set up your playoff rosters going forward. Uh, I agree with Billy, though, and, and at least I'm hoping that we're both on the same page on this one. That Listen, week 14 here, if you don't need Trevor Lawrence and you have better options than him uh, you know, sitting on your bench, you, could, you turn to him uh, regardless here. Uh, Lawrence going into Cleveland, it's not the great matchup. It's supposed to be terrible weather there. Uh, we get to December in a Cleveland game here, and already we're, we're having to deal with some weather. But, uh, you know, we escaped the worst. No Achilles, no anything like that for Trevor Lawrence. I think he misses this week's game. Hopefully start a playoffs next week. Uh, he's back in our lineups. Got to figure that he's probably not going to run that much. Uh, he's a mobile quarterback that can actually get it done, taken off and running, but probably don't see that for the playoff weeks, dealing with a, a high ankle sprain. But I just want him under center, throwing uh, you know to these guys uh, uptick for Ingram, and uh, and we'll see where it goes uh, for Jacksonville. But I expect to have him uh, for the playoff weeks, which they do have a decent playoff schedule. You know they have Carolina, Tampa, and that playoff schedule. So Lawrence was hot, and I was hoping that he was going to continue it straight through uh, week seventeen for me. Nelson, are you as optimistic as Chris? Are you how how you feeling about Jacksonville uh, with this uh, injury now? I have to be optimistic. He was my most owned quarterback. Oh, uh, so oh. I, you know, I, I have backup options. I've got, I've got Stroud and Purdy on, on some teams. Um, so I think I'll be okay. But um, it, it was nice to see that he was starting to come on and things were clicking. He, it, it looked like he was going to go on a little bit of a heater and here to end the year um, and put up some monster games. But I think, you know, the ankle injury, he's not going to be able to run um, as much as as he's capable. And the Christian Kirk injury looks like he's pretty much done for the fantasy uh, season. So, you know, I, I, I think Zay Jones and Ingram are going to have to step up. Um, and it it's probably going to impact, you know, Ridley uh, this week, uh, probably – if you don't have options, it is what it is. You got to play Ridley, but uh, I'm not expecting anything great from him against Cleveland and Beathard at quarterback. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a struggle. But I, I think once we get past that, like Chris said, um, they, they get Baltimore too in Week 15. 
so that that's tough uh can be tough and then tampa and carolina i'd be looking forward to starting them at that point when we come back from a word from our sponsors we're going to look at uh, some draft strategies strategies that worked for us this year what we're going to take away from 2023 uh to help us in 2024 and uh again guys get those pen and papers ready Hey, so many ask me, what's wrong with sports books? Why so many of them fail? The answer is simple. They don't innovate. They're just casino sports books on a phone. That's all they've been. There are a few that are doing a good job. We partner with them. Most of them, not so much. Until Bet Openly came along. Bet Openly said, hey, we're going to innovate. We're going to do something groundbreaking. We're going to have peer-to-peer betting in all states, and you pay 1%. When you win, you pay just 1%. On your winnings, you heard that right. It's 1%. With code UNDERWORLD, you qualify for just that 1% transaction fee on bet openly. It gives you ultimate flexibility to set your own lines and browse lines that others have set. Think about it. That's what betting should be. And now that is the reality. BetOpenly.com. The code is UNDERWORLD. Check it out. All right, we're back. Guys, we're, we're approaching the money weeks. Be excited. If you're watching this right now, it's December, what, 5th today? Is it the 5th, Dan? Yeah, it's the 5th. Yes, it is. You're still watching fantasy football. You came across this golden nugget with these high-stakes legends just pouring all their tips and tricks to help you guys win your championship. So you got to be smiling when you're watching this show right now. Smash that like button. Guys, we're going to talk about We'll go around the clock. Takeaways. I'll go to you first, Nelson. What's a takeaway from 2023 that you're going to take into 2024? Do you feel um, whether it's something new or something that you're going to keep doing? Uh, probably my main takeaway was that my teams where I started wide receiver, wide receiver um, are doing much better than teams where I took a running back in the first two rounds. And it, it's it's a reminder that even though like Pollard, Saquon, Bijan Robinson, Eckler, you know th- those guys look great at, at the time to you know draft one of them, but my teams with those guys on them are you know kind of you know struggling. So my main takeaway is you know I'm just gonna. I, I got to go back to, you know, just going wide receiver, wide receiver and finding the running backs later in the draft. Chris, how about you, man? What's a, what's a takeaway for you uh, from 2023? Uh, probably, uh, you know, I, I avoiding uh, these wide receivers that, uh, you know, the, the crowd is trying to avoid uh, and going back in and buying the dip uh, on some of these, uh, wide receiver ones when you get a good discount on them, regardless of their situation. You know, we had some guys, uh, you know, namely Mike Evans and Michael Pittman. And, uh, you know, these guys fell to the sixth and seventh rounds as wide receiver ones on their team. And I, I know myself as, as well as Nelson and Billy will tell you and Dan, you guys, you know, we usually like to go away from the herd, you know, uh, but in these in this instance, I, I guess I was with the herd, and uh, I got to look into those situations more. If I could get these quality wide receiver ones on the team, let these situations shake out. You know, I wasn't a big Anthony Richardson believer, Baker Mayfield believer, 
But these guys are wide receiver ones still on their teams and producing. And if you got them at the wide receiver three or four on your team in the sixth and seventh round where they fell to, uh, you know, you hit gold this year. Yeah, especially these guys that we talk about it often, Dan, guys that have been there before, that have given you those top 12 seasons. You talked about a couple there. Mike Evans especially crushed it last week, especially when they're falling at that discount. And they're still the wide receiver one that you're getting in that in those rounds. Like you said, Chris, the eights, the nines, that's money when you you know pick up that kind of value that hits hard. And it's usually the guys that look ugly uh, you know, going into August, like you said to most people. Billy, what's something that you learned this year that you're going to take away, bring into next year? Um, so for me, I generally save a lot of my money on free agency. And this year, there was nothing really on there, except at the very beginning of the year, the pre-week before the season, and even after week one, you know, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, they were available in some spots that I really should have just pushed the gas pedal and went after them, and I didn't. So... I mean, everything's year to year. I mean, next year you could do it. You could get a bus for $800 and blow all your money. But um, most of my teams this year, like Nelson said, you know, the teams that I started two receivers are doing well because just wide receivers tend to stay. They they hold their value much better. Um, But I have so many teams that have like six really good receivers and no running backs. Like, and it's just hard to, you know, you got to hit those running backs later on. I mean, I, I do have a lot of David Montgomery, and he's been a nice, you know, he's been injured here and there, but he's been nice overall. Um, but uh, the other thing for me is I went pretty – I was going for the tight end a little earlier this year. I had a lot, a lot of Mark Andrews, and uh, that was going well for a while. It was, you know, paying dividends, and then obviously that fell apart. So, I mean, obviously – and it's harder because Kelsey kind of came back to the field – but you know, when you have Laporte or Kincaid right now, you're 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 right with everybody else anyway, and you get them you know rounds nine and ten. So uh, for me, free agency is one of the biggest things. But uh, kind of staying true to the wide receiver format as well. Just that these running backs just they're just not reliable. I hate to say it like that, but they just aren't. We all there's always one or two that are really good, but we just don't know who they are. And like like I said, the back end of the draft this year, they just aren't holding their their value right now. Yeah, that's I, I mean, that's I love that approach. We talk about that, Dan, often being top heavy at receiver and getting those studs early. Nelson, you talked about that as well. It just feels if, if it gives you a solid strength. You know what I mean? You're st- you're solid at receiver. You can you can fit up to four in the FFPC, you know, and in, in other leagues as well, where you have those extra flex spots. Dan, what did you uh, take away this year going into 2024? Yeah, I think my main takeaway was just kind of staying a little bit more balanced, uh, you know, generally leading off with receiver, uh, you know, and, and, and sometimes that meant, you know, I, w- I would be, you know, four wide receivers or three wide receivers and a quarterback deep before I get my first running back. But that was fine, you know, because I would just, you know, if I was getting the wide receivers early, I'd just be loading up on running backs late, uh, you know, but just in general, uh, I, I think more than anything, Probably um, shading a little bit more towards the elite quarterbacks kept me out of a lot of uh, bust players in like the you know second third rounds. Uh, that just you know it, it, the teams where I didn't take the elite quarterback, it wasn't necessarily that the quarterback that I did take later was hurting me. It was the players I took instead of that quarterback in the second and third round tended to be the ones that were hurting me. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot, you know, a few, a few that you guys mentioned that uh, that helped me this year. 
and and this one is you know kind of relevant to the next question we'll talk about drafting strategies specifically before we get into you know kind of looking at each position and getting you guys ready rest of the season um was those onesie positions not only you know you guys talked about going a little earlier at tight end the quarterbacks those early quarterbacks were really helpful this year especially with that those middle guys getting hurt with like rogers cousins you know richardson so having that advantage at quarterback was huge but complementing them with the proper, you know, QB2 was also really important. Um, and same with the tight ends, whether that's off of an injury or into the bye weeks. Having backup plans really, be, you know, being more conscious of having backup plans for me this year in those, uh, especially in those redraft leagues where you're starting uh, every year, every every week and you're playing that waiver wire, that really helped me um, this year. And it's something I'm going to keep working on going into next year. Let's look at draft strategies, guys, before we get into the specific positions. Um, if it's a- any different, like, you know, looking at draft boards now, if you guys look back at all, is there anything uh, that you do different or that you did different maybe this year that uh, that you think will help you moving forward? Billy, I'll start with you. Um, I mean, the, the big quarterbacks, like Dan said, they kind of kept you out of some trouble with other positions. And, you know, you can't go wrong with a Josh Allen or Hurts. I mean, let's be fair. Mahomes is just not doing it right now. It's it's not working with him. But uh, the majority of my teams that are doing well um, have players like Jared Goff or, you know, Dak, of course, you know, Purdy. <laughs> I mean, uh, these are the teams that are doing well. Um, you know, and I didn't draft Purdy, certainly, as a starter. But um, they're, they're, these are doing well right now. And uh, I don't know yet next year. I mean, you know, the, the tush push is going to be a huge deal. If they get rid of that, you know, Jalen Hurts – drops i mean well you saw you saw t-law do pull one last night early in last night's game yeah that was a good that's that they should play they should call that play for jacksonville when trevor lawrence is on the goal line just like uh hurts on the goal line he's six foot six all he's got to do is hike the ball and and reach his arm out that's it it's an automatic (laughs) touchdown they had the chance a couple weeks ago to do that and they didn't and and i was outraged by it but they've learned their lesson just got to put that in there but like the Herberts and the Burrows and the Lamar, I mean, even Lamar has just been, he's really cooled off because they're just running the ball in too much now. And uh, so it's either, you you know, nobody's going to be crying because they have Hurts and Allen going into the tournament here because you know what they can put up on a given week. But uh, I think next year, you know, it, it quarterback for me is always relative on whether, you know, what's, what's on the board at that time. If there's nobody I really like, and you know there's a great quarterback there. I take the quarterback. If not, I take the player, and I can get a quarterback later. So because it becomes a comfort pick, right, Billy? Like that getting that, that blankie, you know, with, yeah, with the does. quarterback. It really does. It really does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Purdy's been my blankie for my Joe Burrow teams this year. For whatever reason, where Joe Burrow's hurt, I got Purdy just you know leading the way, and it, it just you know it, it sucks to lose Burrow, but you gotta you gotta be thankful. You got guys like Bur- uh, Purdy and and Love Jordan Love Dan is a guy we uh, we drafted a lot of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Nelson, how about you, drafting wise, draft strategies? Um, <clears throat> I, I was an early quarterback uh, drafter this year. Um, I, I thought there was uh, a few questionable players, landmines uh, this year early in the draft. And I thought that like Hertz and Allen um, stood out, and I wanted to get uh, good exposure to those guys. And I felt like they were pretty safe. Um, to just take those guys and then figure out, you know, the wide receiver or running back position that I passed on uh, later in the draft. Um, the other thing is probably sticking to the process that I 
I followed this year is if I didn't push up a quarterback and take one early, I I pushed it back and I ended up double tapping uh, the quarterback position. So every time I pushed it back, my go-to was Daniel Jones and Dak Prescott. So got one wrong, uh, very wrong, and got one you know, very right. So uh, I think what happens with a lot of drafters and a lot of people is that we, we tend to get a little greedy and we feel like, you know, we push the quarterback position back and there's like, oh, you know, there's that, you know, young rookie running back uh, or the elite handcuff running back available there in the ninth round that I got to have. And, and I think if you just take a step back and say, you know what, the, the position of weakness here is I got to get, you know, quarterback right. So, you know, just double tapping that position, I, I think uh, I noticed that on my teams, uh, that, that helped me out uh, this year and not having, you know, getting too greedy and feeling like, you know, I needed to take one of those like y- y- young handcuff running backs. Which you, you can also apply to tight end, right? Like if you don't go early and then wait later as your backup, you double tap a bit later. And it kind of gives you that safety blanket. And I had the same thing, you know, with my AR teams, my Richardson teams either had cousin there uh, or even like you said, Dak hitting, getting lucky on, on a guy like Dak. But uh, definitely uh, where you draft the, the first guy and then backing it up at the right place with the double tap later um, at quarterback, I think, again, is it, it, it probably helped you this year and you're still in the running because of that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dak is carrying you know, my teams right now. And, you know, I look back and I could, I could see where I, if I pass on him and, and I take that running back, you know, who knows, you know, if I end up with a Jared Goff or a Stroud, Stroud on, yeah. on, on those teams, I'd probably have to get very lucky, uh, you know, to end up with those guys. So yeah, that that's, it's more of just a lesson learned and, you know, sticking to that process. And like you said, with tight end, um, that was something that I did. I, I got tight end, the early tight end wrong, uh, for the most part. And then, uh, Trey McBride saved the day or what? No, it was actually Kincaid <laughs> and Laporta. So oh, there you go. Yeah. Laporta was nice. Laporta. At, at tight end. So like my strategy this year was pretty simple. I was taking Darren Waller early. And if I didn't take Waller, I was taking Kincaid and Laporta. So again, oh. You know, got something very, you know, very wrong and ended up getting the, you know, when pushing it back, I got those two guys right. So it's the same thing, you know, double tapping that position, trying to get, you know, two upside guys or a steady guy in like Schultz, you know, and and then uh, an upside guy, something like that. I I think that's a good strategy. Chris, how about you? Draft-wise, draft strategies that you're uh, you're you're liking that you overall did. or at overall or, or at the quarterback position, JD. No, just overall, man. Overall, no yeah. no specific position. Now, overall, going into next year, I mean, it changes every year. So uh, you know, I, I sit back in the off season, I look at the draft board, and, and then I you know start to plan out my attacks. But this past year, just like the rest of us, you know, it, it was a year where the quarterback position was like no other, and you saw so much, uh, so many quarterbacks eight or nine guys that we thought were elite guys so we didn't have to uh you know jump in so early we could let the draft come to us and 
see which one we got value on in the third or fourth round. If we wanted it, if we got any value on the top three, we could do that. Uh, I would do the same thing. I just think that as a whole, the industry, we look at it as like a fail right now with quarterback because of early on Kirk Cousins and Tua were killing it. Uh, you know, Kirk was basically the, the QB one. And then once Kirk went down, now we had the explosions of CJ Stroud and Dak. So as a whole, it looks like, oh, you know, if you went early on quarterback, you know, that was the wrong move this year. But as we move into the fantasy playoffs here, you know, I think like Billy said, who else would you rather have as Josh Allen and uh, and Hurts, uh, you know, going forward here? So that listen, every year there's going to be hits late in the draft at quarterback. There's going to be hits in the middle rounds and there's going to be some hits and misses in the early rounds. So overall, though, strategy wise, um, I'm happy with mine. I attacked uh, wide receiver heavy uh, often, uh, you know, early on in drafts. I tried to get one uh, bell cow running back to build off of in the first couple rounds. And then I waited on tight end and just like Nelson, Kincaid and Laporta and Evan Ingram were my targets. So since uh, tight end, uh, I'm happy with straight across the board. And it's just a matter of which teams got really hurt with injuries early on with uh, some guys that uh, I'm feeling it the most. Man, Dan, before I pass to you, I want to gloat about a trade. I, I looked at, I was looking at a trade where I, I had Laporta, I drafted Laporta, so he was popping. So I had Mark Andrews to trade, traded Mark Andrews for Nico Collins in the first on November 2nd. And uh, right now, heading to the playoffs because of it. And poor guy who, who took uh, the Mark Andrews. But, uh, you know, sometimes you get lucky. Um, the whole point was Laporta. I gotta, yeah. you gotta love Laporta this year as a as a rookie, you know, and, and Kincaid for sure. But Laporta definitely looks like a beast. Dan, how about you, draft wise? Before we get into the specifics here at quarterback. Yeah, I think the main thing is I just I, I went into my uh, redraft managed leagues with a little bit more of the idea that I I wanted to have fewer questions at like quarterback and or tight end. And in some cases, I I went early on both quarterback and tight end, which I don't normally do. Uh, you know, and I've been kind of on record that that's not always a real great idea because it tends to leave you short at either wide receiver or running back. But, you know, on those teams, I just said, yeah, I'm going to be short at running back and I'm going to make sure I get my wide receivers in there too. And I felt like I could get away with it a little bit more this past year because I, I felt like I was doing a pretty good job of identifying some mid-round running backs that would work out for me. And in a lot of cases, they did. Uh, there were, you know, of course, who wouldn't have loved to have had, uh, you know, a full season out of Kyron Williams or uh, Devin Atchain, but, uh, you know, that that would have really turbocharged a lot of my lineups. But, uh, you know, I, I wasn't unhappy about the fact that I didn't have to sit there and, and spend a lot of waiver dollars trying to sift through quarterbacks or sift through tight ends. And I wasn't having to, you know, make tough decisions with my lineups. You know, if you get uh, Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts, you know, you're just sticking them in there week after week. And for the most part, uh, Patrick Mahomes early in the year, that was a, a good decision too. Uh, not quite so much over the past few weeks, but, uh, you know, early in the season it was. The thing is with those onesie spots, and, and I, I see when I look at the structure of a, of a roster in general, I, I see like I sell, um, I'm in the medical field and I sell, you know, to injectors like injectable fillers. And they use different gels depending on what they're trying to do with the face. So if they're trying to build like a structure, like a jawline or like a cheek or a chin, they're using like a thicker gel than something like when they're doing a lip or like, you know, an area that's softer. Right. 
So it's the same thing for me when I'm building my roster. If I'm solid at the structure level, like those onesies with the quarterback, the tight end, even like your quarter, even your kicker and your your defenses in the leagues where you play those in high stakes, like on, on FFPC, if you're solid at all four of those onesies and you have options at running back and 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 receiver, right? Like I'm not saying you just, you know, kibosh those those positions, but if you balance it right, and I'm I'm hearing it from all four of you guys where we all took care of those onesie positions, you know, whether it's quarterback, tight end. We we went earlier than usual in a lot of spots where, where you guys mentioned, but it seemed to be like that was a lot of the, the success was being strong at those positions. It gives you an advantage at least going in, no matter who you're playing. Kelsey, you know, if you have a, that Kittle or, or one of those those top guys, we talked about Laporte and Kincaid, it, it definitely makes a difference because if you miss there, it's really hard to make it make up. We'll just find a guy. You know, you get lucky and get Trey McBride early, but only one guy in your league was able to do that, you know? So just a little uh, – hopefully you guys got something out of it. I, I know I did. I think that's uh, – these roundtables, that's why these are the best. And let's get in the specifics. Who's, who's the lucky guy? Who wants to go first and give us their top five quarterbacks rest of season right now? Come on, give me a hand. Get, get volunteer. Come on, boys. Guys, smash the like. I think we got, we're all going to probably have the same five. I got a feeling, but I could be wrong. <laughs> all right, Billy's going first. Billy's going go first. I like it. Billy stepped up. There you go, Billy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, so I would go with Dak. I mean, Dak's just been on fire. I mean, my I think the thing I like most about him, he's got three great games that it could be all shootouts because he's going against Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit. Three great – I mean, those games could go wild. That's exactly what you want for your quarterback to have. So he'd be one. Um, I'd probably go with Hurts at two, Josh at three, Purdy at four, and Stroud at five. Damn. I had the top three. I like that you went Purdy. And then you're, you're sticking to Stroud. Do you think Stroud now losing uh, Tank and, you know, just, the, you know, rookie – all that kind of stuff. Do you think that there's a bit of a dip there, or do you think they can keep going strong and, and, and you know, Noah Brown steps in and they're good? Well, I think Noah Brown will step up a little bit. Plus, I think, you know, the fact they have Tennessee twice is really nice because they're just a pass. Ah, very key. So yeah. I think that's a big deal. So, and, and I mean, they're just letting them loose. They're just letting him cut loose. So I think he'd be Makes, makes right my now. Nico Collins love grow even more. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's looking great for the playoffs. It's going to get peppered even more. I mean, as long as he can handle it, man. I love it. Uh, Nelson, we're, we're top five. Is it uh, similar? I got the same, same as Billy. I got I got Hurts, uh-huh. Dak, Allen, Purdy, Stroud. Well, Chris, you different anywhere? Absolutely. Uh, I got I Allen him. first, rest of the way. Um, you know, going into that bye week, I just see him taking uh, and putting the team on his back. I love this schedule. Kansas City, Dallas, the Chargers, the Pats. Those two middle games, the first two weeks of the playoffs with uh, Dallas and the Chargers, those two games, you might see a Vegas total at about 55 for both of those. So, um, you know, another quarterback that's, uh, you know, a mobile quarterback running. Uh, I, I have Allen there. I can easily interchange with Dak and Hurts, who I have at two and three, simply because these two guys are going to be going head-to-head uh, for the MVP trophy. So, you know, inflate those stats as we get down the stretch. I think it was huge that the Niners beat the Eagles to keep everybody in the running here for the for the MVP. And, you know, the Eagles not taking that foot off the brakes with Hurts maybe in the last uh, two weeks here. Uh, after that, I, uh, I'm i still going with Lamar Jackson. I, I, I like Lamar. I like this uh, schedule here. 
I know he's got the 49ers there, but give me a game where there could be a little bit of a back-and-forth shootout here, uh, the Jags and then Miami in the uh, championship week. And last year, they put on a, a show, the two of them, Tua and, and Lamar there. So that's going to be my little upset pick there, Lamar. And uh, I went Justin Herbert. I, I know a lot of people are down on him, but uh, I love that schedule too. Vegas, the Bills, and the Broncos uh, last three weeks. Stroud I'm a little worried about um, just because uh, losing Tank Dell. And then he's got uh, the Jets this week, so we had to include these first four weeks. I, I don't like C.J. Stroud going into uh, New York to play the Jets' defense. And I know you guys uh, all had Brock Purdy in your top five. I love Purdy as well, but I just worry about – you know, Purdy getting in these situations where McCaffrey runs in the first two. You got a game versus, um, what is it, Arizona, I, I believe, and, and another one versus Washington. You got two games there that maybe it's 24 to three at halftime. McCaffrey ran a couple in, and Purdy's a 175 and one or two touchdowns at the end of the day. I need a quarterback that's going to be back and forth in shootouts uh, the rest of the way. Dan? Where yeah, where yeah. where are you? Uh, are you gonna switch it up? You gonna give us a little something different here? A little a little uh, shake and bake? I'm, I'm gonna give you the same pretty much top four as as the other guys: Hertz, Allen, Dak, Purdy. Uh, I'm I'm gonna throw in a dark horse of uh, Jordan Love. Love uh, what he's been doing the past uh, nice. few weeks. And, My have uh, things have changed, huh? <laughs> yeah, haven't they? Yeah, and uh, you know his schedule is 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 really nothing you know to worry about he's got the he's got the giants he's got tampa carolina minnesota uh you know none of those are defenses that are going to scare you at all um and you know green bay is right back in the thick of the playoff chase so i i think they're going to be you know i think they're starting to put it together i think love is starting to put it together uh, you know it's it's still early things could still fall apart but he's a guy I've, I'm, I'm getting more and more confident in let me ask you guys, we, we, just real quick, with the Purdy take, you know, you guys all have him in the top four, but, you know, did that factor no, in no, the fact not, that, not like, all. look at these three, other, three guys look at do. these top three, three guys, guys with Allen, Dak, and Hurts. These are guys that are throwing. These are passing offenses. They, you know, Allen's not, uh, Allen, Dak, and Hurts, we're not going to be running the ball a, a ton here. They, they run just to keep offenses. Uh, Pur- Purdy's feeding on Yak. Purdy's feeding on Yak yeah. from Debo and yep. CMC. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I for me, Purdy's like my QB eight right now. I'm I'm uh, unlike you guys. Come on, man. You guys, you know, you guys, you guys with your little wins, like whatever, man. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so I got Prescott, Hurts, and Allen, and then I'm st- I'm sticking with Mahomes, man. Because I'll tell you this, KC, if 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 Kelsey doesn't step up, he's got to get off his like little honeymoon thing with Swift and start focusing. Football time, Travis. Come on. Focus. You're still playing football, right? I, I think I think those two have to step it up if Casey's going to go anywhere. So I still have Mahomes in my top five, and I'm I, I got Herbert there, like Chris. Uh, I think it was Chris that said uh, yeah. uh, Herbert. Um, but I, I do like Love. I've got Love there, and then uh, yeah, Lamar Purdy, and then little Tua in there with uh, his love connection to Hill. I, so, I think um, him losing Watson hurts, though. Yeah, it does. That's his big play guy. Agreed. The nice thing is, they, I mean, that receiving core is, you know, Dub steps up. They, they got uh, Reed. Um, and now, uh, what's his name? Kraft. Kraft is looking all right. He's, you know, he, he should be uh, getting a bit more targets as he plays a bit more here with, um, uh, what's his name, Musgrave injured. 
Let's do a, a kind of a, not not OTC. Usually we call it OTC. I guess it's OTC, but I know this first one. Dan, you and I have this decision every week. Uh, so it's this is basically you're picking a QB to ride the rest of the season. Billy, we'll go to you first. Justin Herbert or Brock Purdy is a decision Dan and I in our main event. Yes, we are in first place. Yes, we are ten and two. Uh, every week, Justin Herbert or Brock Purdy. Who are you playing for uh, rest of the season, Billy? Who do you prefer? Well, obviously, Purdy, he was in my top five, so he's got to be my pick. <laughs> I mean, beauty. Easy. Yeah. And anyone like Herbert? Uh, okay, Chris, you like Chris. Herbert better than Purdy? Yes. Nelson? Purdy. Purdy. Dan? Purdy. It, it would have been Herbert, but the fact that he's lost so many weapons and Eckler is clearly gimpy, that's that's what puts Purdy over Herbert for me. Uh, he's just had more of a, more trouble sustaining drives. Yeah, and the good thing for Purdy is, damn, those weapons just step it up this time of year. Like Debo already mm-hmm. started, and you know these, you know Kittle. There's just Ayuk. There's always someone there. It's, the weapons are nice there in in, in San Fran. Um, it's a tough one. I feel like those two are neck and neck every week when, when Dan and I are looking at it. Yeah, you can't really you can't you can't go wrong unless you're Dan and I. We usually do. I, <laughs> I just I have Herbert over Pur- Purdy just for the simple fact that I, I think the Chargers' lack of the run game just puts the ball in Herbert's hands, and he's got all these indoor games down the stretch. Uh, they got to put it in his hands and, and let him uh, let him throw as much as possible to get the jobs done. Plus, you got a bad defense with the Chargers compared to a great defense with the Niners. Uh, you know, it all adds up. Not to take anything away from Purdy. He's playing absolutely great, and he's got himself top three or four in the MVP race. So since week nine, Herbert averaging 16 fantasy points, Purdy 22, just over 22 fantasy points. Uh, well, that's all because of this past week, though, J.D. This past week versus the Patriots, he uh, – you know, Chris, I'm, Chris I'm the host here. Uh, this yeah, I'm is just not, saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's go to another difficult one. Another difficult one, which you, I'm sure some of the audience has this decision to make every week. Uh, rest of season, Nelson, Patrick Mahomes or C.J. Stroud? Give me Stroud. Anyone, anyone, anyone like Mahomes better than Stroud? I mean, I'm with Chris when the fact that I don't like Stroud this week because going in New York, but I like Stroud much better the following three weeks in the playoffs. I like uh, I, I probably like Stroud better, but just the fact that he's got uh, the games against the Jets in Cleveland, I'm not a real fan of those. You know, but if you if you actually had to choose between the two, Mahomes' schedule is not too bad those two weeks. So I, I would be more flip flopping than anything. How's that for a way to weasel out with that? I would actually. <laughs> So since week nine, again, Stroud QB2, Mahomes been QB15. So, I mean, if you're riding the hot hand, you definitely want Stroud. Um, I do think Mahomes steps it up a notch, but it's hard not to ride the, ride the, the hot hand there moving forward. You probably prefer Stroud. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's super close. So I think they can each both be going in different directions uh, if things kind of turn around for Mahomes and, and Kelsey out there in KC. The elite quarterback um, – Obviously, we just talked about it, right? It was a was a really popular strategy this year. It worked often. There were three QBs that went off before round three. We talked about them, Mahomes, Allen Hurts, and then an additional three went off in round four of NFFCs, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert. Dan, I'll go to you first on this one. How much did you use the strategy? How effective? Oh, this is kind of what we just talked about, yeah. right? Yeah, we, we kind of 
cover that one. Right. Yeah, I, I would say let's just move on to the running backs. We let's move on to our to my favorite position, the running backs. Oh yeah. We're gonna go to Chris first. Running back, uh, Chris. Chris, you, I feel like you used to be more of a running back early guy. No, like my my. Never. Was that your, was <laughs> that your part? No, no shot. He's a, Chris. Is, Chris is the wide receiver. So let let's guy. go. So we're definitely uh, going to Chris it. first. So Chris, you give us your top five running backs rest of season. Uh, well, I think we're all going to agree. CMC is one, uh, and then it gets interesting. Uh, I, I think here, um, I have Kyron Williams at, at two. Um, I love the rest of the season schedule, the fact that he's getting it done, uh, run, rushing and receiving here. See, I feel um, like I'm going to have a hot take, and three. then one of you guys just fucking just takes it, man. Just Chris. All right, I don't, I, don't, I mean, well, I'll wait to see what the guys have as their top five. I don't think that's a hot take at, at all, though. But um, after that, I have Bijan Robinson at, at three. Uh, I think he's going to have a nice end of season. Uh, Alvin Kamara at, at four. And uh, I got DeAndre Swift at, at five based on his schedule uh, down the stretch here. So I'll turn it over to the boys and see uh, how off uh, that is. Billy, were you different on that or how different are you? Um, first two are exactly the same, C-Mac and Kyron. Um, I have Kamara at three and I have Pacheco at four because they've been <laughs> leaning on the run a lot. And then it was between, for me, it was between Bijan and Rashad White, but since I hate Arthur Smith and I don't trust him, I'm going to go with Rashad White. <laughs> I just Nelson. I mean, I yeah, Sorry, I, go ahead, Billy. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I can't. It's just every time you, you just get excited. I agree with Chris. They're starting to give him the ball more and things are turning up. But uh, Rashad White's been playing well. He's, I mean, the rushing volume's terrible. He gets 20 carries for like 30 yards, but, you know, he's catching a lot of passes. Seems to be finding the end zone every week. He's doing pretty well. Nelson, how about you? I have the same guys as Billy. I, I have CMC, Kyron, then Kamara, and then uh, Rashad White, and then Pacheco. Top four, CMC, Kyron, uh, Kamara, Rashad. Fifth one, I, I think is a lot more wide open. I mean, I, I feel pretty good about that top four. I think he can go to a lot of ways with this fifth one. A little bit worried about what happens when McKinnon comes back to Pacheco. Uh, you know, there's a lot of places where the job's just kind of being split. Uh, so I, I'm just going with my heart here, uh, and there's it, it's never going to happen. But I'm just going to go with HN. Yeah, that, that you just you just named mine, Dan. I had CMC, Kyron, Rashad White, Kamara, and then HN. I feel like that last one, like you said, you can throw Swift in it. You guys talked about it. Um, uh, Bijan with the schedule is is nice. Nelson, who's your most disappointing RB? this season so far probably Pollard most disappointing I I expected a lot more from him he's turned it on the last couple of weeks but other than that first game against the Giants um, he just kind of slept walk you know slept walk is that a word uh, mm-hmm. through the season now it is it is now it way. is <laughs> he's sleepwalking through the season whoa is that suck walk <laughs> slept slept walked Slept walked, but suck walked also works. Suck, yeah, suck, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think he was pretty disappointing, and and then uh, Eckler also. Yeah, my mine mine's definitely Eckler. Uh, just where he was going, I don't have a lot of them. But Chris, how about you? Disappointing uh, running. Yeah, back. it's it's got to be Tony Pollard for me. Uh, luckily, I didn't uh, get my hands on too many shares of Pollard at the turn. There, it was more uh, Bijan Barkley and Chubb who I, I lost. Uh, 
but uh, Pollard was a was a fourth guy in, in that grouping for me. The places that I got him, he's been a disappointment for me. I have no shares of Eckler, but uh, if I did, he would definitely be uh, the the big disappointment for me. Billy, yeah, Eckler's probably number one for me. Like Chris, I didn't have a ton of Pollard. I was trying to get him a lot more, and he just didn't. You know, just didn't work out in drafts I was in. Um, the one that really for me, and I fell into this. I thought one more year I could suck out of it was Aaron Jones. Um, you know, I figured he'd be a 230, 240 back again, and he just has been a disaster. And some of the teams where you went really running back, or excuse me, receiver heavy, maybe a tight end early or something, you rely on him as your one, dead, just done. So I feel like, Dan, yeah. you, you like Aaron Jones this year, right? I, I was right there with Billy. That was my answer, too, for exactly the same reason. So there were just so many places that I took him, more so than Power Directler. And for the exact same reason, going heavy on wide receivers early or maybe tossing in a quarterback or whatever in there. And, you know, so Aaron Jones was kind of that guy I was relying on. And those teams, for the most part, are just dead in the water. Let's talk dark horse, dark horse running backs, uh, you know, type that can help you dominate and win a championship, especially this time of year. Chris, I'll go to you first. Again, I know how much you love the running back position. Who's, uh, who's the guy you like the rest of the season? Uh, dark horse guy, uh, just because uh, based on his schedule here, um, I know he's kind of been a little bit of a disappointment for all of us because, uh, you know, I think we all loved him. Uh, but James Cook, the rest of the season here coming out of the bye week, I think his games and game scripts set up nicely for him to uh, maybe maybe be a, a top 10 RB1 as long as these coaches get their heads out of their ass and keep Latavius Murray off the field as much as possible. But Rushing and receiving, I think James Cook could be uh, around 20 points a game uh, uh, for these next uh, three or four weeks here. So he's a dark horse. I just got to throw out two two under-the-radar names there with him, though. Coming out of the bye week here, Keaton Mitchell and Roshan Johnson here. We could enter this Sunday and just see the backfields get turned over to these guys at a 70, you know, 70, 75% clip here. And those are two names that, uh, you know, could carry teams uh, out of nowhere. Yeah, I would love to see Roshan um, take over over there in Chicago. Nelson, how about you? Dark horse Uh, running back. Yeah, for for me, I I think the two guys that are kind of under the radar that could dominate during the playoffs is Pacheco and Chuba Hubbard. So those would be the two guys. I like that. Chuba's coming on nicely. Stole my guy. (laughs) There you go. Now you know how it feels, Dan. <laughs> I, I I had Chuba down there, but uh, I I do like Chris's answer a lot too. Um, James Cook, I think I think that's a, a very that's a great answer, answer as well. Yeah, yeah. Buff, but we've yeah. seen Buffalo turn you know kind of go heavier. They trusted Singletary a couple of years ago uh, down the stretch. Uh, James Cook has a talent, man. It's just give him a bit more at the goal line, you know. Dan, what's uh, who's your dark horse? That that was it, Chuba. He, oh, that was, was it. He, All right, there yep, you go. He was, he was my guy. All right, James Cook was mine, so we're good. Give me... What was Billy's? I didn't hear what Billy's. Was Billy? I, I want to know Billy's. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Billy's wait, 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 oh, it's hard, man. I'm juggling, I'm juggling four men here. Billy, step it. Billy, you got to say something if you, if they, if he leaves you out. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> just to, mine's uh, Aaron Stecker. Remember when Aaron Stecker won a championship with people back in the day? Um, uh, I, didn't, I didn't have anybody nearly as deep. I'm, I'm gonna, the guy I think that you know the schedule's phenomenal for, and he's just not a – he's not definitely not a PPR guy, is Derrick Henry. You know, he has dominated Houston over his career. 
Now yeah, Houston's much better. He also has Seattle, so he's got he's got a really nice schedule if he can. And stay he's healthy. popped, yeah, last couple games. Mm-hmm. And then so a real dark sleepers with he got hurt would be Tajay Spears. Spears. That'd be great. I think everybody would like that. Uh, I, but I would love Jaylen, that. Ellie. That would be fantastic. Uh, Jalen Warren would be the one, and he's not really yes. a dark horse, but I think if they could Pittsburgh could finally just let the reins off of him and let you know put Najee in the back in the back uh, field, or I mean put him in the back seat of the backfield. You know, I think he could really shine these last three weeks. I like that one, Billy, a, a lot, especially with today's news of Harris uh, missing practice with yeah. a knee injury. If this turns into something, then I want to switch my answer to Billy's and, and Jalen Warren. That could be a league winner right there for sure. He's, I mean, okay. even with Harris on, on the field, he's giving you a hundo and, you know, some legit production. So imagine just uh, – plus he, the way that offense is rolling, you got pick it out, you know they're going to lean into the run there. Um, let's talk about – running backs that maybe listeners are riding high with right now they've got in their you know they're depending on every week that might let them down and and maybe crush their dreams now i'll go to you first billy since i forgot you on the last one i know my answer for this one is simple just none of mine that's it i just don't want any of my starting running backs on any of my legit teams right now, especially my, you know, the ones going to money weeks. But Billy, how about you, man? Who's uh, who's a guy you think that might crush dreams uh, as we get into um, that? This is hard. I, I don't. I could. I thought about this. I don't know. Out of the big names, there's just so many guys that just are like irrelevant now. Um, I know there's a lot of people still relying on Brees Hall. I just I can't get behind it until that offense starts to move a lot, do something. Um, I know he's not somebody that. You know, he's not a main guy or anything like that. Um, you know, don't feel warm and fuzzies about Saquon, certainly going down the stretch. So I wouldn't, you know, but if you're in a position where you got to play him, you got to play him. I mean, what else are you going to do? Uh, you know, Pollard, he's like you said, he's been a disappointment all season. If Dak just keeps throwing, he, he could definitely be somebody that, you know, could be a disappointment as well. Nelson, how about you? The guy for me that has been carrying teams, and I've got a little bit of him, but watching the games, he – He's um, he he's showing me that like he's starting to run out of gas a little bit, and that's uh, Raheem Mostert. Mm-hmm. So he, he would. Be and he's got to get an injury. He hasn't been hurt all year. I mean, come on, what's this is like? <laughs> yeah. Easy, easy, boys. He's never easy. played this many games. He's never. Plus, played this has to win me. He's got four weeks left. He's got four weeks left to go. All right, mm-hmm. let him get her. He I mean, get her in eighteen. I, I hate the answer because, uh, like I said, he's carrying. Uh, I've got him in my on my diamond team and uh he's been a big part of the success on that team and i've got him on a couple of main events but he just doesn't you know pass the eye test you know last couple of weeks it just seems like he's just not as explosive yeah uh, for me jd um you know if we're talking about dominant big time running backs that have carried teams all year long and now i see that might start fading and he has the last bunch of weeks, and now I'm even more worried after Monday night is Travis Etienne. I'm worried. Now, some people might look at it as if Lawrence is out a couple of weeks, they're going to rely on Etienne. I don't think he's that type of back that you could give him the ball 25 times. They just no. lost uh, their top offensive lineman, Robinson, uh, last week. Etienne just, you know, he was putting up four or five weeks in a row in the middle of the season, late September, October, 20-plus points every week, and now – it's just he's just slowing down. Um, so I'm really worried about Travis Etienne as we head into these fantasy playoffs, especially with everything uh, surrounding this team. 
They, you could see them giving more carries to De'Aaron. It didn't happen Monday night, but they were starting to slowly incorporate De'Aaron Johnson, giving him more carries. Uh, he got the chest injury uh, last week, so you don't know you know how hurt he is there with the ribs or whatever. Um, I'm concerned about ETN, and he's been great all year long, but that would be my answer. I I had Barkley for this one. I think that's, you know, I it's so wild because so many running backs have already sort of started crushing dreams. You know, they haven't even had to wait for the playoffs. It's just been, you know, like nonstop series. I, I, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, if you were counting on him, he's, you know, he's gone down, all of that, but... I, I think the actual answer, I gotta I gotta do my humble brag here. I've got a team that's got McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Kyron Williams, and Devin Achon. And it's Oof. gonna be whichever one of yeah, and it's an NFFC, so I can only start three of the four every week. And it's gonna be whichever one I don't start is gonna end up going off every week, and that's gonna be the one that Well let us know who that is, Dan, so we can put them in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> right? What do they call that champagne problems? Yeah. Is, is that what they say? Champagne problems? <laughs> Right. All right. When we when we come back, we're gonna go around. Do we miss anyone on on this last one? No, I got everybody. No, I think we got. All right. We're gonna go to a, another quick uh, word from our sponsors here and come back and wrap up the running back position. Talk about if there's anything different that we do uh, in our in our drafting strategy at that position. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, Jamar Chase over 77.5. Oh, Kadarius Tony under 15.5. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony, doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio. And the beauty is once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. Go to the App Store. Get the Mojo app and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD gets you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go to Mojo, start building your portfolio, and then during the games, you can be a fantasy day trader. Woo. All right, we're back. Chris, what will you do differently, if anything, at the running back position, the way you drafted, is there anything you're going to change? I know you like to go receiver early. You talked about, is that changing? No, listen, I, I thought I was trying to go against the herd this year. And actually in the last couple of years, I know we, we joked. I've always, yeah, I've always been a heavy wide receiver drafter for years. Uh, but these last couple of years, I've tried to get myself uh, one bell cow early on. And I did the same thing this year. Um, I will not. I, I, I have to see what the board looks like. But if you give me a, a, a bell cow back that I could get in the second round after pairing him with an elite stud wide receiver one like I did, it didn't work out so much this year because at the turn, like we talked about, Chubb got hurt. Pollard's been ineffective. Barkley, eh, in and out. And Bijan had his dry spells. So, you know, I would try to get out of – I tried to walk away from each of my drafts with – one stud receiver in the first round and then get one of those four running backs. 
Uh, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change up too much uh, next year unless the receivers are really deep in the second round, and then I'll go to the third round maybe and, and get a running back. Nelson, how about you? Yeah, uh, same answer as earlier that I identified. Uh, just going wide receiver heavy uh, to start the draft, and uh, as as good as those running backs, you know, look, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna avoid them, but I rather start my drafts with wide receivers um, this year. You know, passing on like CD or AJ Brown on the turn uh, in some drafts to take like you know Bijan, Saquon, Chubb. You know, just that that doesn't look too good uh, right now. So uh, that that's probably my one strategy is to you know stick with that and find running back later in the draft. Billy, what do you got, man? Yeah, pretty much the same thing as Chris and Nelson said. It's like, okay. you know, ADP is going to dictate where we're going to go with a lot of this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I know the, there were a few years where, like, I just pounded wide receiver out of the gate and you start and you get, like, a mid-tier guy in, like, the fifth or sixth, and then you're relying on, like, the year Tariq Cohen. I remember that year. I was, I was oh, he's going to be a great number two with this team. It was a disaster. And if the one doesn't hit, then you're just scrambling. So getting that one is nice, but – like Nelson said, when you're you're getting these guys that aren't producing and you're giving up an AJ Brown or a CD, I mean to pair those two, you're you know. So I, I it'll probably be the same scenario. You know, we all do enough volume where we can kind of mix it up a little bit too, where we can really pound receiver in some drafts, and some of them will you know maybe. I didn't have too many wide receiver or excuse me running back running back starts. I don't see that happening too often with me, but uh, yeah, I mean, probably, it's pretty much the same thing I did this year. Dan, anything to add before we get to receiver? No, I think that's pretty much it. I think it worked out pretty well for me this year just because there were so many mid-round running backs that I was pretty excited about. And for the most part, those guys hit, or at least hit well enough that, you know, with strong wide receivers, uh, quarterbacks, and tight ends, you know, that you were fine with, uh, you know, putting in the Rashad Whites and Brian Robinsons and, you know, guys like that, uh, Reem Mostert. You know, the, those guys worked out pretty well. So uh, hopefully that's going to be the same kind of thing next year. Well, it, uh, it allows you to focus your energy on the running back position, whether that's adding depth and hitting the waiver wire. And I know, like, for me, Kyron, hitting Kyron Williams definitely doesn't hurt, right? And that, that allows you to do that when you're churning and, and being active with the running back position because you're solid at those other positions like we talk about. Really, why don't you give me your oh, – sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I just wanted to say, I know, I think we can all agree, though, going into next year that everyone's going to have the same mindset and it's going to be the most wide receiver heavy early in drafts after this season that we've ever seen before. It's going to be so ridiculous that you're not even going to be able to see a running back in the first three rounds. You'll see a couple of them, but everybody's going to be going zero RB, you know, going into next year's drafts. You, you heard it right here, guys. Chris Vaccaro smashing running back early in 2024. Get ready for it. <laughs> All right, guys, we got we got 20. We're not going to waste it. So I'm going to I'm going to jump around a bit with these questions. We'll go. We're not going to hit everybody in every question, but let, let's do a top five wide receiver rest of season. Mr. Nelson Sousa, let's go. Uh, mine's pretty chalky here because the, the top wide receivers have been so good this year. Uh, I didn't want to get cute. And although there, there's a couple of guys, you know, someone's going to come off the pack and put up, you know, 
a couple of 30 point games uh, in the fantasy playoffs always happens, but um, I'm going to go Tyreek, CD, AJ Brown, Amonra, and Chase. I, wow. I think those are the guys for me. Okay. Chase there. Okay. Chris, where are you different? Uh, right after Tyreek, which I think we'll all agree is one, um, Keenan Allen, number two. And I think the caveat there is he's going for the all-time catch record down the stretch here, and that's gonna that's a that's a feed me every single week, uh, you know, uh, approach. And and he belongs in the top five regardless. Uh, so Keenan two for me, and then uh, I have Amon Ross St. Brown at three. Love everything about him. He's got uh, three indoor games down the stretch here. Uh, C D Lamb four, A J Brown five. Billy, where are you different? Uh, Tyreek one, I have CD two, I have Keenan at three. Um, I have AJ Brown at four and these are very chalky, like Nelson said. And, uh, I'm going to put Diggs in there. I'm going to see what we can yeah. do for last week. We're going to see, you know, if Allen's, if Allen's going to have a great three weeks, Diggs has to do something. So I'm going to put Diggs there at five. Dan, where are you different? Chris, Chris nailed mine. So. All right. Yeah, I'm the the only name I'm going to throw in there is uh, don't forget your JJ because Justin Jefferson's coming to win leagues hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so. I put him if, at, if anybody put him. if anybody still has him in their championship teams, yeah, that's going to be a huge advantage for getting yeah. a JJ team in the championship round. No yeah. doubt about it. You you guys have any JJ that's still I, alive? I do. I got one. I don't. No. Don't think I have any that are live in championship rounds. I've got like dynasty teams that are live with them, but not not uh, not the big competitions. What about disappointments, guys, at the receiver position? Who's who's the most disappointing? Give you give me like a, a quick name and a quick blur on uh, why it uh, you think that. I'll go to you first, Billy. Disappointing receivers. Cherry Judy. Is that a good oh, one? I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. Perfect. All you got to say. Billy, you just made me – Billy, you made me sick just now hearing we, the name. We, we talk about this all, so, yeah, he's all the time. Every Sunday in our group chat, right, yeah. Billy? It's God, I hate Judy. I played this guy again. How could you – I, I dropped his ass on a team. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I understand. I don't blame you. Nelson, how about you? Yeah. Uh, it, this one is unfair, so I, I have two wide receivers, but – one. One is Garrett Wilson, and that's only because Aaron Rodgers went down. Because if Rodgers doesn't go down, Wilson's probably going to have a monster season. Definitely. Um, I'm almost guarantee yeah. that. So it's no fault of his uh, with the quarterback play that he had to deal with. And then the other guy is J- Jalen Waddle. Um, he was a consensus, you know, mid second round pick, and I I don't. I've got him on a couple of teams. I've got him on the New York Super. Just hasn't been all that good to me. Well, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty tough. Nelson there. just named my my two. Billy, disappointing receiver. Well, I said Judy at first. I mean, oh, I that's just... right. That's right. I forgot. I forgot. Man of many words. Uh, Dan, how about you? I, I'm going with Justin Jefferson. Uh, I, I guess it just really kind of irked me that they were, Damn. you know, playing around this last couple weeks and. <laughs> and not throwing them out there. I mean, you know, I, I get it, but you know, the Vikings had a chance to, you know, stay relevant in the playoff race. And I kind of wonder whether they've lost that. And, you know, I, I, I think if you're going to have Justin Jefferson, you, you say, you know what, you know, if we're going to do anything in the playoffs, we need to win these two games. We need to have them out there. 
And this is not just because he's on my fantasy teams, but also because I'm a Vikings fan. It was just very disappointing. Nelson, rest of the season. Sorry, Dan, did I cut you off? Oh, I I was just going to ask Nelson how good it felt to cut Jerry Judy when you did that. Like, did you like (laughs) do a fist bump or? It felt felt great. Um, It was... It was on a specific team where, you know, bye weeks and, and everything. And I was like, you know what? This fucker, I'm, just, I'm cutting his ass. And Let me show him. Yeah. I'm like, this I'll guy does him. nothing for me. Uh, I'm, I'm cutting him. So, yeah. Oh, man. No doubt. All right, oh, Nelson. Puka Nakua or Jamar Chase rest of the season? Oh, man. Puka's my boy. But uh, I got to go Chase. But I, I think Puka is going to be – I think he's going to be good the rest of the year. But I gotta go, Chase. Chris, Puka or Chase? Chase over Puka. Oh, that's right. You had Chase. That's right. Billy, I'm gonna go Puka on this one. Um, I just, I, yeah, I think they're gonna they're starting to hit their stride a little bit. The Rams, and uh, I think they got nice some nice matchups. So I'm gonna go Puka. Dan, tough one for me. I ended up going Chase. I probably would have gone Puka before Monday night, and I think Monday night showed me that there's just enough hope for Chase to, to maybe swing it that way. But it's close. I'm going to go Puka just because I prefer Stafford over uh, Buddy down the stretch. Uh, what's Jake Browning. Thank you. Devontae Smith was the wide receiver four from week 14 to 16 in 2022. Dan, do you want Devontae Smith or Stephon Diggs rest of the season? I, I'm probably going to be on an island here, but I'll take Devontae Smith. I, he is balling out. Diggs, it, it, the the Buffalo offense is just it's it, the passing offense just is not flowing the way that it needs to. Uh, I don't know. Hope hopefully I'm wrong, but I'm afraid Devonta Smith might be the answer. Nelson, disagree so, or agree? I think the only reason why Devonte uh, turned it on uh, late last year was um, because of Goddard, right? Goddard, what, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the only reason why Devontae Smith, who started off very slow uh, this year, is the Goddard injury. Um, so I don't think it's a coincidence that um, when, when he got hurt, that's kind of when he started having his big games. So Goddard's talking about coming back this week. So I, I actually think that, you know, Devontae, you know, might not get as many targets as he had been seeing. So, yeah, get, give me digs all day. Chris? Yeah, no doubt. D- Diggs, factor in the schedule, factor in Devonta Smith getting Goddard back, uh, less targets there in the offense, and it's Diggs over Devonta Smith uh, for me. Billy, agree or disagree? Uh, yeah, yeah, Diggs. And the main reason I think agree with Nelson, it's when Goddard's out of that lineup, he definitely starts to produce a lot more. When Goddard goes back in, and from everything we're hearing, he'll probably be back this week. Um, we'll see. The targets should definitely go down for him. Who's a receiver, Nelson, that can put teams over the top in these championship rounds right now and, and, and bring it home? Uh, DK Metcalf. Oh, oh. Ooh. that's a good one. Ooh. He's going to be another one, Nelson, that, you you know, we talked about Jefferson earlier. If you get a Jefferson team in, well, mm-hmm. Waddle and and um, your boy right there. Uh, DK. And DK. Yeah. If you get those – teams in you know they can blow up the last uh, month of the season yeah i i think he showed last week that um he's had a down year 
Uh, and I think that's because of Gino. Uh, Gino's regressed a little bit. But I think he showed in a tough, on paper, in a, a tough matchup that he can put up monster games. Uh, so he would be my vote that I, I could potentially see him being a difference maker because he's, like Chris said, he's probably going to be low owned in, in the shootout. Billy? Um, I think I'm going to go with Nelson or who Nelson said earlier, Waddle. I think Waddle's a guy, he, you know, he could erupt. Uh, I hate to say it, but it probably takes a Tyreek injury or at least he's out for a little bit of the game for him to do something. But uh, maybe not. Maybe they just get in one of these shootouts like they did with Baltimore last year and both of them go bananas for, you know, because they got some nice games. They got Dallas, Baltimore. They got some games that could go back and forth. But I think the Jets are the other one in the playoffs, which that, that could get ugly quick. But we'll see. Yeah. I got it. No, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Nico Collins. I think with yep. the Tank Dell injury, that might yeah. push him, you know, into just alpha status and uh, be interesting what can happen when uh, when Stroud really locks on somebody. I think, can't, I think give me, can't give me any opportunity to shine tonight, Dan. Not even one, just like just a Nico <laughs> Collins as like the, you know, the, the guy. I could have gone with my other guy. I talked about my beautiful Nico Collins trade earlier. Come on. Yep. Nico. Sorry, Chris. Dan, you're Dan, you stole mine. Also, Nico, but I had three: uh, Nico, Michael Pittman, yeah, and uh, and Zay Flowers. I think Zay Flowers is in store for a, a huge uh, December here in Baltimore. Uh, we saw it right before the um, you know the bye week. So those guys with Gardner Minshew under center here. We just saw the big blow up game from Pittman. It's a it's a dream scenario for Pittman down the stretch here. Uh, with Minshew at quarterback. So those three guys uh, w- would be my answers to to carry uh, some teams out of nowhere. All right, we did – we did Dan, we did three of the four positions. I mean, that's pretty good. We got five five on the screens. When you have, you know, three legends in the house, you got you to let everyone spread their goodness. So hopefully you guys were helped by this, you know, at those three positions. You can figure out tight end. Dan and I had done, like, all-out all tight end shows. Just <laughs> so go check that out. Yeah, you can uh, figure it out. It's been you shit. Figure it out, you, you'll figure it out. <laughs> it's easy. You just you put in Kittle. You know. Just pray Laporta. that you picked up Trey McBride. There you go. Trey McBride, you're rich in three weeks. Exactly. rich in three weeks. Everyone streamed Jawan Johnson last week with a That's goose right. egg. But Yo. yeah, you'll you'll figure it out. Brutal. Don't why are you why are you throwing why are you throwing Dan under the bus like that? Because he wanted to start Juwan. Come on. Why, why? Hey, my other good answer was Kate Otten. <laughs> yeah, true. He would have been better than Juwan, right? Well, well no, uh, zero. zero and zero. Zero and zero. zero and zero. The answer at tight end is easy, boys. It's Laporta. We've already we've already yeah. discovered that. We've we've already addressed that. I want to let let's go around really quick. Michael Rasmussen has a question. I think that's interesting. Um, we talked about running back early. Oh, got the wrong one. There we go. Billy, what are we doing, with Brees Hall? Uh, we we talked, yep. you know, with the Jets. How disappointing, you know, Wilson and so on. Hall, is there any hope? Is he is he like a you're just hoping RB two, low RB two, or is he just? I mean, the bottom line with him is he has to bust one. From outside the twenty yard, like it's that offense is so bad, he's just got the busted one to do anything. You know, he's getting four or five catches a game, but for like four or five yards a catch, so you're talking five for twenty five or something. And then you know he's getting like forty yards on the ground. They're just they get behind so early. It's just the offense is just so bad. Um, 
I mean, you're, you know, I'm sure you're in a position. You don't probably don't have anybody else to put in there, so you got to play them. But if you have an option, I got a, I got a buddy of mine who has an online team that's really, really solid, in my opinion. And uh, he's got him as his three, but he's got Nico Collins. It's either him or Nico Collins every week. And I'm like, play Nico. Just put Brees on the bench, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just – Maybe upside. That's yeah, a no-brainer but, going forward. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think I wouldn't feel great about Brees going into this. Let's put it that way. Yep. Let's totally go to uh, 818 SAY. Who should I sit? Kyron Williams or Mostert? I think just based on what we talked about, would we all Mostert. agree Kyron's got to be in your lineup? Oh, yeah. yeah. Then, yeah. then we know not to sit Kyron, right? We, we've learned that. We can <laughs> yes. move on now. <laughs> well, it is, it's probably a, a tough decision this week because Kyron's in Baltimore against a tough run D. And as much volume as he's getting, Mostert's as ho- at home as a 14 point favorite against Tennessee who just lost their run stuffing all you know all pro D linemen so going forward after this week it's a no doubter in mind but I think it's you know it's a valid uh, discussion for this week would you are you playing Mostert there Chris I'm still going Kyron I never say Kyron <laughs> I never I never say Kyron I mean this you can't he's because he's a weak oh. winner when you have yeah. a week I so is Mostert like don't get me wrong he's giving you those weak winners this week, but you you got to think a chain comes back, he takes over. Anyone disagree with that? Yeah, I, th- I think the problem mostly with Mostert is just the fact that a chain is back, and that's going to suck some of the upside out. We got a question from Mister Smith before we uh, kind of close this out. Worth trading for Schultz or just run with Taysom, Higby, Mayer, and Hunter at tight end for the playoffs for a contender in a twelve-team PPR. Tight end premium is or tight end P is zero point five. Is that Hunter no. Henry? I'm assuming. Yeah, I think it's got to be. Oh shit! I, I mean, I, I mean, Taysom is like if I could get Taysom at tight end, I think he's like a cheat code. I, yeah, yeah. He's like locked in. Like, and isn't Car hurt? I can't think of five tight ends that I want over Taysom. I think that's yeah. the move. Schultz is coming off an injury too, so. It's... Well, if Schultz is healthy, like Schultz could literally like double or triple Higby, Mayer, and Hunter Henry combined. <laughs> right. Like seriously. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you guys have been great in the chat. This has been great, guys. I hope uh, you know. I know. I know. I learned a lot. I hope you guys learned a lot. Nelson, we'll go around the clock here. Nelson, just remind the peeps. All your goodness that you put out there in Fantasyland, where they can find all your articles, all your uh, all your goodness. I know you guys are going to go even past the end of the season and in the off season. You guys go hard all year around. Let the people know where that is, and then yeah, we'll pass I'm, it to Chris. I'm, I'm at FTN Fantasy, and uh, I do the uh, high stakes package. And uh, if you subscribe to that, um, you get access to my rankings in the off season during draft season. Um, and then also with, uh, the discord chat. So that, that's a big thing too. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of the subscribers seem to be engaged in that. They enjoy the, you know, 24 seven access, talk about, you know, lineup calls, uh, waiver wire pickups and trades. Awesome guys. Check out Nelson. The high stake pass it package is definitely uh, well worth it. You guys come out with it like pretty early too, if I, if I recall. Yeah. Um, Chris, how about yourself, man? Crushing it over there uh, with your with your uh, 
Nando Defino. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, could, you could catch me and Nando right here on Player Profiler every um, every week, uh, the Fantasy Empire show um, on Wednesdays. And uh, I'm over at The Athletic. My article uh, comes out every Thursday. And uh, on uh, Twitter, uh, Chris Vaccaro, GST. Awesome. Billy, always a blast having you. I think all of you guys have been on here uh, on the district a few times now, but we appreciate you guys hanging with us tonight. Billy, at BillyWise88. Where else can, can the peeps find you? Uh, in my classroom at school. Mostly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Or, or in the gym right now because basketball season started. That's where I'm at pretty much all the time now. So I'm not uh, – I'm not as well versed as these two tonight. I'm the donkey of the group right now, so yeah, not so humble. <laughs> not like yes, I guess teacher, just such a humble. Uh... Yeah, I'm no here. I'm just a teacher. I'm no here. Just... <laughs> 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 just saving kids' lives on the daily. That's it, you know. Just yeah. raising your kids. Dan, Dan, remind the peeps where they can find the overhyped sleeper uh, out there in the X machine. You're definitely one of the best follows. Yeah, so I'm. Um... At Overhyped Sleeper, as you see on the screen, drop the final leaf from Sleeper. Uh, you can catch me here on the GOAT District on the Player Profiler Network on uh, Tuesdays, and a lot of times on Thursdays we do a, a Thursday tailgate, uh, which is always a lot of fun as well. And, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely one of those people. If you got a question, just, uh, you know, hit me up in the DMs. I'm, I, I will pretty much always answer it. So, uh, you know, you got any strategy questions or anything else, uh, feel free to drop them by. Yeah, Dan's definitely great for that. That's, uh, you know, when we met initially, it was me just asking FFPC questions about the live drafts, and Dan was, was the only one answering me. So we ended up, we ended up chatting. But uh, he's definitely, you definitely want to reach out to Dan and, and any of these guys, man. Make sure you're following them. They, they definitely drop tips and, you know, links to their great articles and so on uh, out there in the X machine. Smash the like button, guys. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. Like Dan said, check us out on the Goat District YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there. You're subscribed to our podcast, The Goat District. Check us out on Thursday at noon. Myself, the Harry Snowman. Dan jumps in every once in a while, and we do a, a deep dive breakdown on the uh, Thursday night game to help you guys out with your lineups. Crush this week, guys. Week 14, important. Make sure you're active on the waiver wires tomorrow night. You're making up, uh, making making sure you got your depth, your lineup, your backups, all that kind of stuff. And uh, good luck in this uh very crucial and important week, week 14. We appreciate you guys, and we'll check you all later. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T district, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. Fish.